Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is Flyover Ministry. We are doing something a little different this month as we've uh, taken the fundraising series that we've been talking about for the last three weeks. And we decided that it would probably be stronger as a three-week series. And we, believe it or not, had someone write in and request a topic. And we are taking listener requests. And we are talking about today accountability, which probably in its own right, could it be expanded into its own month series? But we wanted to honor the request and touch on this as soon as we could. So Jordan, I'm going to throw it out to you here. What is the value and necessity of having someone who holds you accountable? Sure thing. Uh, The necessity is because the heart is deceitful and wicked above all else. And uh, I love, I don't know how many people are familiar with Adam Ford, uh, but he's a, a comic <laughs> guy. He makes I comics. Know, and I know exactly where you're going with this. Yes, there's, there's a beautiful one. Uh, and it's kind of tongue in cheek, but it, it illustrates it so well. Like there's this person who's just like struggling, like, I don't know what I should do. And the person gives him this advice, just follow your heart. The next frame is like this cut out of a heart and it says, sin. And he's like, yeah, because like super evil. Uh, but there is there is truth to that. I mean, we we look around and we see uh, Christian leaders who have let their life slide in certain areas into sin. We see sin just unabashed. You know, there there's seem to be like no hiding of it in some instances where we celebrate and parade it as good. So definitely because of our sinful nature. Um, That is why accountability is so important. And I think that it raises a good question of um, how do we do accountability well in a local congregation in a small town? And there's a couple of unique things here. I mean, you're dealing with a mega church. You probably have many people in the church that don't know each other um, that might not even really know you, even if you're a staff member. So like you've got a, a big pool to draw from, but in a small town, in a small congregation, there might be the reality that three quarters of the congregation is related to each other. Uh, So, you know, you talk about a conflict with somebody, you're going to have a hard time who would be a neutral party because suddenly there's, you know, a family issue going on. Um, You also have the issue that it's, it's really hard to maybe avoid talking through something with somebody that is unaware of, you know, if it's, if it's kind of a conflict. Um, going on so there's there's definitely some challenges but at the same time we have that same desire that same need to be accountable um and and you're right we we probably will approach this some other time later on and and expand this this is going to be mostly an overview i think Um, just some some rapid things that kind of came up with this question of of dealing with accountability so as we think about this uh, a, a good question is who are you accountable to like do you have a structure in place um that says okay so professionally you are accountable to this board this group um i know as the youth pastor of this congregation i have been directed to to say understand i am directly under the pastor so 
where before I was kind of more under the congregation here, I'm like, I report to pastor and that is kind of the, the way that this is going here. So um, uh, above pastor, of course, is the board and stuff so that I'm accountable to the council. But functionally speaking, that is the primary person I go to. And in some other congregations that could, could be different. So from your perspective, Dan, who are, how does that accountability structure in your um, setting with the three different congregations work as far as who are you reporting to? Yeah, I report to the church councils, um, all three of them, and I am accountable to them as uh, representatives of the congregation. And I know when it comes to uh, spiritual and physical issues, a lot of people come to us as spiritual leaders and say, you know, I, I, I really want you to be holding me accountable. And I think there's an element in our churches where we have these structures and it's important to have these structures set up in case something bad happens. But I think fundamentally, the need for accountability needs to be a lot more proactive. And I'm going to use uh, an illustration here from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So bear with me. You'll, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with it, I'm just going to spell it out. There's a guy named Tony Stark. And he is more proactive in wanting to protect and set up a system for protection in case something ever happens, right? He wants to be the prevengers instead of the Avengers. Like something bad happens and then all of a sudden uh, they're there to avenge and, and take uh, revenge on, on whatever terrible thing has happened. There's an element here, and I bring all of that up because accountability needs to be more than just existing in case something bad happens, right? It's not the last line of defense. It needs to be somebody that is constantly holding your feet to the fire, asking you really great questions. and. Uh, as far as that is concerned, I have uh, a couple of people that hold me accountable. Uh, I've got a couple of friends that are also pastors that do that. But as far as uh, people in a smaller church, I think that I speak for a lot of people that are saying it's really hard to find someone who will hold us accountable because so many people come to us as spiritual leaders is kind of like the last and highest uh, resource that's available to them which leaves us maybe floundering and treading water thinking you know, who who can hold me accountable and i think as youth workers especially there's an invitation where maybe you have an older elder that you really respect in your church that you can go to and be honest with and i think that's the key of accountability period is that you got to be honest if you're not going to be honest there's no way that people can help you and you know, I think that is one of the greater challenges for a smaller congregation is, is figuring out who can I talk to that is going to not just keep it under the rug, but is going to lift the rug up and, and know what kind of skeletons I have in my closet. Um, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again here, we're always one mistake away from being a headline. And I think we see plenty of headlines of youth workers who with no accountability structure set up have fallen into sexual problems who have fallen into abusive situations and, and other elements where maybe um, they have been using the youth account for their own personal gains and people that are not having any system of accountability set up really easily fall into problems a lot more readily than those who do so that, again, that's why we want to talk about this, is to encourage you to look into, if your church has some system set up, 
And if they do, who is it that the church recommends that you talk to? Uh, but even to be proactive on your own to pursue people that you trust and respect and value uh, their opinions and to pursue them so that they can hold you accountable as a spiritual mentor, as a coach. And uh, Jordan, I, I'm curious here who you are accountable to. And I know you maybe you talked about this a little bit, but uh, are you accountable to your elders or what's your situation set up as? Yeah, that's uh, primarily it's it's the pastor, like I've said, and we we try to have weekly contacts. Um, and that's more of the professional standpoint. I think personally, um, I have things in place that kind of I, I put there to protect myself. So every month when we are doing reports to the council, I'm making sure that the youth finances are there so people can track, people can um, follow along. I have all the transactions there. So if someone was an accountant, based on my report, they would be able to essentially audit me every month and see that it's true. And, you know, uh, there is an independent audit. So that covers the financial part of it. Um, with the personal um, sanctification, you know, following Jesus stuff, uh, I have my lead 222 coach. Uh, that is a, a person that is investing in me. Um, I do have other friends, you know, I think, I think that's a huge aspect, just having friends that know you, um, and not, and I, I, I'm weak in that area. I will confess. I, I do not contact them as much as I should. Um, mm. and that's, I, I think it's just because they're, they're not physically here. Um, but I also really encourage people find someone local who is there. I, I do encourage for leaders um, look outside of your congregation. Uh, maybe there's another pastor in the community, another friend or someone that you know to, someone who you trust to give you good advice, good counsel, uh, to have the strength to hold you to the fire if you need to, you know, to say, hey, I'm calling you out on this in love. Um, but that can bring some sort of freedom to, and it, it might be somebody within the congregation, but you just want to make sure that you're uh, really being selective and it, it can be a process. I know my previous congregation, it, it took a couple of years before I found someone to really be open with in that sense. And that was a cherished blessing. And, you know, I'm still praying about um, that same level of connection here. Um, so it is, I think every time you change locations or something happens or someone moves, that can be an added challenge. Uh, and then additionally, I think there is um, as well, the need to build accountability just in your day-to-day -day ministry stuff. I know, obviously, you mentioned something about headlines where one may stake away. And um, a lot of this comes down to being proactive, you know, ministry leaders. And we need to be prepared to be mocked for some of this. Let's be honest. Uh, because I'm thinking about Mike Pence here, not to get political or, you know, just totally politics aside. But here but we he, go. He was derided because he made a statement about only being alone with his wife, I believe something like that or not going out to eat with someone who was a female colleague. Um, and that is so strange to the world, but one of the best ways to isolate yourself or to insulate yourself from an accusation is to not put yourself in a situation where an accusation can be made. So for me personally, we've gone like, I will not, and, and this comes to a point where there's a tension of ministry effectiveness impact versus 
protection. Um, but like, I will not transport a female student individually. So, you know, if she needs a ride um, or needs to get dropped off, I will make sure that I have somebody else in the car that's going to be there. You know, not that I'm not trusting it. Uh, there's been an occasion where there was one student who signed up for an event and um, I was like, if it's just you, I can't take you. Um, you can find a different ride, you know, but I can't do that myself. So there's been times when it's been tough. Uh, but by and large, that's been pretty good. And, and we've been walking through too, um, as Pastor and I and, and some of the congregation leaders, um, what does that look like in this changing time with guys? You know, like it's coming to the point where we need to be protected against claims of young boys too, as, as we're guys or females with girls. You know, it's just, it's sad that our society is in that place. Yeah. But we we need to have those things in place where it's like it's considered a policy. And that that is helpful, too, when you can make something kind of official and say, look, for the sake of integrity, this is just we're not going to do this. So people are not thinking it's a personal thing. Um, but I would encourage you too to make sure that others are aware of it, that you communicate it so that it's it's known. And then you can have others rally around you behind you um, for that. So. Besides that transportation one-on-one stuff, how, how do you approach like dealing with, let's say you've got a student, let's say a girl coming in a moment of crisis, how do you handle dealing with something like that? That is a really good and fair question. I will say that I um, immediately involve her parents. I, I will do what I can. And I'm thinking of one example here and I'm trying, I'm gonna not be specific as far as the details are concerned, but um, when it comes to messaging students, I'm going to make sure that uh, on Snapchat, especially, I have the settings set so that I keep the entire conversation so that people can see what's going on. Um, mm -hmm. I involve, like I said, the parents uh, immediately just saying, hey, I'm, I'm messaging your daughter here about this. I want to be talking to you as well. And uh, as soon as I can to stop messaging because <laughs> conversations that are serious that require counseling should be done in person and not on Snapchat. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can tweet that. You can take that statement to the bank. Uh, you can, uh, I think, meet with them. Ideally with, like you said, another person, specifically another woman present. So uh, if you're married, have your wife, if she's willing to uh, take part in this and be involved, involve your wife or involve maybe a, a woman who's a volunteer uh, in your ministry, or um, maybe even her mom or some other woman from the church that she respects or admires uh, if her mom isn't present, uh, recognizing some of the single parent families that might be in our churches. Um, there is uh, an element here where I won't meet with uh, a woman individually, one-on-one -on -one here. Uh, I know that when it comes to like emergency situations, Sometimes it really can't be helped, um, but I will do whatever I can to, uh, like it's in our church uh, constitutions that uh, Pastor Mark and I can't should, and won't meet with a, a woman alone in the church. If we are meeting alone, uh, we got to figure out another time to meet so that one of, you know, the other one of us is, is here. Um, hmm. Thinking of times too, where even if you are meeting with a woman, uh, and I'm talking as, as a man here, uh, if you are meeting individually to have uh, your door open, 
or to uh, meet in a room that has a window so mm -hmm. that people can see. Uh, I think of uh, emergency situations too, where I've uh, been called to be with a family and uh, it turns out that, um, you know, it, it, it was a, a tense situation. So on my way, I'm calling uh, our deacons and saying, hey, this is the situation I've, I've been called to. I'm, I'm going to go visit. If you're available, you know, um, I'll call you here in, in five, I'll call you immediately after I leave the situation, you know, thinking of it, if it's a late, later in, in the evening. Mm -hmm. uh, but doing, uh, going the extra mile to protect yourself from situations that could go south or be misinterpreted incredibly easily. And I think like what you said too, with the Me Too movement and guilt by association, we, we have to protect ourselves from this. And, um, you know, not only having people that we know that we're accountable to, but having people that we're accountable for. And uh, Jordan, I'm wondering how your church distinguishes here who you are accountable for uh, as you serve professionally. Yeah. Um... I think the general assumption, and we, we haven't ever like said, okay, you're specifically dealing with these people, <laughs> but mm. uh, it, it, in certain sense, it, it's kind of everybody, you know, um, I am, I think if, if there were to be something that were to happen on a youth event, for example, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm the guy, the, the, the buck stops with me. Um, if I am negligent, you know, I need to own that. That's, that's going to come to me. Uh, with the students who are here for Sunday school, in a sense, I think that's kind of church-wide, but as a Sunday school superintendent, that kind of falls to me too. So all these different things um, kind of, yeah, I think there is a little bit of wiggle room, like um, an adult who's making their own choices, I'm not going to to maybe be looked to for that so much. Although, like we've been saying, you know, if those same rules apply as far as meeting individually and and wise practices and, and you know we need to recognize there's things we can do to mitigate things um making sure you know our, the church has been very conscientious with making sure our office doors are full of windows so like right. there's there's that you know um maintaining visibility if you have to have some counseling session even if there's not someone in that counseling time with you having somebody at the church just like walking around not locking the door you know so there's things there I know there's meet, some meet, meeting in a public place too. I mean, if, if you're yeah. going to meet, go to a cafe or something. And that has its ups and downs. Uh, right. You know, there's some downs to that too, where word could get out like, Hey, this person's meeting with this individual quite a bit at this, you know, corner booth or whatever. And, mm -hmm. and there's some privacy concerns too. Um, I think with uh, this is just honestly an area that we need to improve at and be aware of. I think some of us just, aren't necessarily apathetic. We're just ignorant of some of these things, of protections that we need to put in place and, and best practices. Um, and, and there are, you know, things to walk through that can definitely help with this. And I get it. You know, the pastor heart is like, let me help you. Let me shepherd you. And, and we see someone in need. We can't, it, it seems irresponsible to turn them away. Um, but here's where, you know, doing the work ahead of time saying, hey, I need somebody who can, somehow be present um, if this situation comes up. It could be late night, so there's going to have to be some flexibility or a list of people. Um, and, and I know there's some legal things about this that, depending mm -hmm. on your state, depending on uh, what's admissible in court or whatever, uh, but there have been times when I have 
uh, felt a little bit too isolated. You know, maybe it's in public or there's just nobody around. Um, or I go into a situation I know that it's going to be, I just want to make sure my bases are covered. With my phone, I will start a, a recording as I'm in my car and then I'll stop it after I'm leaving. So, you know, the whole time frame is covered. Uh, not to be paranoid, but I, again, I want to have records of things because when you're able to, you know, I, I'm thinking of, well, I, I won't go there, but All just right. to be able to demonstrate um, that you are taking things seriously, that you do have, you know, nothing to hide. Um, it is worth the investment of time into showing that you're a person of integrity. Right. I think there's something to be said here, and we're going to talk about this when we cover this topic in more depth, but being honest, even as a pastor, um, having people individually know what kind of sin you struggle with, but when the, the timing is right, I think there's something to be said about pastors who are, I mean, imagine, if you will, if your pastor came up in, in the pulpit said, you know what, I struggle with this sin too, as they're preaching. And all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, my, my pastor isn't perfect. You know, we're not. And somehow, especially in this um, mega church culture that we're in, we get this idea that pastors are just these perfect people. And all of a sudden the scandal breaks and, oh, so certain people that have published so many books and uh, minister to and, and preach to and are heard by so many people, they're not as perfect as we thought they were. And uh, can you believe this? And oh, I th they're just as bad and how hypocritical. And, you know, if you're being honest, um, I think there's something to be said about like, sin is sin. Like, and living not under the, uh, the weight and the burden of keeping your sin hidden, but being mm -hmm. just open and honest, treating sin for what it is and recognizing that, yes, there is sin in my life. But praise be God that I live in the victory of the risen Christ. And it's because of what he's done that I'm forgiven, right? And it's because of what he's done that any of us are able to be servants and ministers in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, it's uh, recognizing that, yeah, our sins are terrible and we're not perfect. And to move past this idea that we are these, we have to be these perfect people. Uh, instead, I think it's enough to serve under the, uh, the umbrella of imperfect but forgiven mm -hmm. and to proceed with caution and with grace and understanding uh, in according in accordance with that but uh, i think it is wise to be a little bit proactive in this so if you don't have someone who's able to hold you accountable i would encourage you that uh, as we come to the end of this episode that we uh, i want you to try and find someone in in your church to hold you personally accountable and uh, not just in your church, but maybe others as well, some friends that will uh, hold your feet to the fire personally, and uh, maybe even talk with your pastors and your church leadership if you don't have something set up, and I can't imagine that you don't, but if you don't have something set up, to go ahead and be proactive and start uh, talking to maybe a lawyer, and you know, it would be worth your while. A little bit of lawyer charge now will save you all these court fees potentially later on, so uh, try and figure out, maybe see what other churches have done and, and try and implement that in your own uh, church fellowship as well. But uh, Jordan, do you have anything else to add on here as we wrap up? Yeah, I just encourage, uh, you know, there are resources that are available out there, books and stuff written on the subject. I think when we touch this more in depth, we might even 
do kind of like a book review on some of the things that are helpful in here. Uh, but first of all, know that you're on the same page with your leadership. Uh, I know that the pastor or the congregation here and myself, we both have an understanding, like we will try to plan our schedules around uh, the needs of the other. If we know where there's a meeting coming up, we'll try to be available for that. Um, and pastor living in the parsonage just on the hill uh, has made it him say that, you know, if you need something last minute, he's here. So that's, that's really helpful for me. But I also want to touch a little bit, kind of closing thought here. I think what we wrestle with is this concept of how do we effectively discipleship um, in this, in this kind of environment. And mm. yes, that, that is something we want to approach. We know that discipling works best in, in smaller settings. Um, but I think this can also be an aspect of discipleship. You know, we're touching on personal responsibility, integrity, sanctification. Um, they're not even being a hint of immorality. And, you know, I think Jesus models this with his circles of, of people that he's working with. You know, he's traveling with his disciples. Um, even in his inner circle, there are multiple people there. And he's he's doing effective discipleship. If anybody made good disciples, it was Christ, right? Um <laughs> But that was that was something significant too. And for for our sisters who might be listening too, um, you know, I I would just encourage don't just write off. Not that you are, but uh, accountability is really important for you too. Um, you know, mm-hmm. there's plenty of stories of teachers who have got caught up in stuff. Um, and and you know, this is this is important for all of us. So uh, look into that. And and again too, we we have an opportunity to to present this as being a part of. I like what you said earlier, uh, way back, but doing this as a part of worship to God, you know, because he is valuable and we honor him with our lives. And and when we take that approach of, we get to do this for God's glory. Um, and, and we can point to plenty of examples, uh, uh, Graham, not Franklin, um, Billy. Billy, there we go, the big guy. Uh, but I know, like, he, he modeled this. I'm all so over. I'm so I'm so glad we came up with that. <laughs> we we might finally get some feedback. Like it's Billy Graham. I don't know if people, if people someone are yelling at their phones. <laughs> if someone didn't answer anything when I was quoting Star Trek for Star Wars, I, I don't know if we will get response. But anyways, it was, it, it was his the third the, the third and lesser Graham Todd. Okay, yeah, Todd Graham or Teddy. I like Teddy Graham. So, uh, but yeah, this, this can be something that we approach as worship and, and, you know, a part of discipleship, just saying, this is what a life of integrity looks like. And as, as we are in this battle, um, just know that we're with you in this, we're praying for you. Um, May God give you wisdom as we all try to figure out the balance in this. Uh, But we're living in a day where we have to understand the times and we have to know where our culture's at and we're going to be weird to the world. But these are steps that we do for the sake, not of ourselves only too, but again, going way back to the beginning of this episode, because we know our hearts and we know that we struggle with wickedness and sin. Um, So it's also for the sake of the people that we work with, students and adults alike. Um, So for that, may you live with integrity. May you prayerfully consider these things and look to start with just one step uh, that you can implement in your congregation, in your personal life that will move you closer to Uh, just being above board and being wise in the time and the way that you interact with others. And with that, may God continue to bless you as you serve him and may your life bring him glory today. Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. 
You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.